0: Today on episode 63 of the Home of Play podcast, Bethesda's Starfield nearly confirmed as an Xbox exclusive. Last of Us Part 2 gets a game boost mode with the latest patch, and Sony's continuing to do well in sales. All that and more.
1: Let's get some intro. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome back to episode 63 of the home of play podcast where every monday the two best friends join forces to give you all the latest in playstation rumors news reviews and that is because we're the true playstation fans i'm your host steve and with me i'm joined by the king of platinum trophies himself christopher hello hello the home of play podcast is a self-supported podcast we don't include any of that bias or paid for opinion stuff that you do not need here which allows us to bring you the playstation news that you actually want to know all of our content is free for you to enjoy at your leisure. We only ask that you help support the show by telling friends, family, interpretive dancers about the podcast, and then they can find us on all their favorite podcast services of choice such as Spotify, Apple, or Amazon. Every month we're growing, and it's all because you lovely gaming homies helping to spread that cause we're talking about. And if you have any comments, questions, or complaints we want to hear from you, please leave any of those at our email address, which is homeofplaypodcast at gmail.com. And then we can read your questions on the show Or, alone in private, while we discuss Chris's hard difficulties to get the Resident Evil 8 Platinum, (laughs) because he's the king of platinums. On today's episode, we have seven news articles to discuss, but first, as always, let us begin with what
0: we've been up to this last week, starting with Chris. Well, I guess you have a little update on Curtis, you could probably give that now, right? Well, his Resident Evil run? Yeah, that's true.
1: Curtis did text me uh, a picture that he was proud of that he beat Resident Evil 8 again in three and a half hours on the hardest difficulty. I believe he was uh, using one of the Unlimited Ammo, I think Magnum, whatever. Uh, but like yourself, probably had an issue at some point in the game I won't get into because it's kind of a spoiler alert. So uh, all I know is congrats to him. He was very happy about beating in on the hardest difficulty. More power to him. Chris, we'll get on to your stuff. Yes. You know?
0: So uh, I think last time I had already finished the game once when we talked about it, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, me Um, and you, uh, we were just waiting for Curtis to finish, which again, now bringing that up,
1: I just realized, yes, Curtis did beat it. I talked to him off the show about his impressions, if they changed, because I think he was saying at the time he was playing it, he thought if he felt like he'd given eight out of 10, I asked him if his impressions changed at all, finally completing it, and he said, no, Although he agrees with me that he thought the story was pretty bad uh, or just not amazing. He still thought the game itself was good enough to justify the eight still. So not too far for me. I, I think I said 7.5. Chris, I think you said nine.
0: I think I said nine. And I think I'm still going to leave it there because I'm getting a lot of value out of the game. So,
1: yes, I know, and I absolutely again, I was hard on it. I'm always very critical. It's what I like to do. I'm, I like to critique games. And I point out some of the stupidest things like I, I was just thinking about in my head, uh, listening to last week's episode where I, I like kind of complained that Duke's face is so shiny, but his stomach texture doesn't match his face sometimes. And I have it just takes me out of it a little bit more. I'm like, oh, it's something you could have tweaked. It, it almost reminds me of old animation where you could actually tell that certain parts of the body were going to move because they're just colored slightly different. That's what Duke kind of reminded me of. So I was like, okay, little things like that, they just stand out to me. And I don't know why. Maybe I'm insane. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) You will when you find me in your bushes late at night. Um, So anyway, yeah, he left his impressions. I think we all agree that it's no less than a good game. I think, Chris, I would, you know, speaking for you a little bit, I think you'd say it's great. I think Curtis would even, you know, draw that line. And I'm just going to say it's a really good game. Uh, so, either way, none of us are telling you it's a bad game. And I think what you could take out of it completely would be that it's a lot better than three. Uh, oh, yeah. Yes. So, you, and like you said, a lot more replayability. It justifies the cost a little bit. If you do like doing those extra runs, I don't think I'll do them right now, but I could see myself going back to that game, which again kind of speaks well on it. So, anyway, sorry, Chris. Yeah. I kind of interrupted <laughs> no, okay. you. I'll let you go back.
0: That's okay. So yeah, after I beat it the first time that same weekend, I ended up beating it two and a half more times. So I I did a quick... I did the speed run, knife run, don't use your healing items, and don't buy anything over... Well, total over 10,000 lei, which pretty much is anything. So I didn't buy anything. I did all that in one run. I think I got two hours and 40 minutes, which is 20 minutes under the speed run. Yay! That was a fun run. The, the knife part was probably the... Like you could get an upgraded knife, I guess, in the second run, which is a little bit better. Uh, well, it's a lot better actually. Um, it it's there's one part at the end where most people probably know what I'm talking about that have played the game, where having to use the knife is very difficult. Well, not really difficult, I guess, just more time consuming because you have to kill a boss with just the knife, and this boss is significantly harder than any of the other bosses. Well, not like I said, not harder, just time-consuming because you could dodge them. But, anyways, so I did that run, and then I did the third run, uh, beating it on the hardest mode difficulty. I don't know what my time was on that one. I think I was like, I'm just gonna have fun, pick up everything. Uh, I did it with the, uh, I think the grenade launcher. I think I just fully upgraded the Magnum near the end of the that run. Uh, the the state. Uh, and then I had to do uh, half a run because I missed a couple collectibles and <laughs> didn't have any save states near where I could get the collectibles. Um, I think I was missing like three goats. Uh, and then I missed one of the stupid notes right at the beginning of the game in the <laughs> when you're in your house. It was like a grocery list, so it was super important to the storyline. Super important. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much what <laughs> I did. You're like, did I need
1: eggs? Yeah, <laughs> eggs,
0: yeah, yogurt or whatever. Yeah. So that's pretty much what I did for the weekend. Uh, I pretty much did. I turned on mercenaries mode for the first time yesterday. Uh, So that's the last of the trophies I need. Uh, I literally am only missing one trophy now to get S ratings on every single mission. Uh, It looks like there's eight missions. I've done the first two. Um, Those might take me some time. It's pretty much going to fall on. There's some guides that can help you. Uh, it's, some of it's very obvious of what obviously is better to use for these runs, uh, but they they can be time consuming and kind of skill based, and you have to remember the pattern of like where the zombies spawn to keep your combos going and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. it it, it add, definitely adds to the game. I find the, this mode uh, like normally when I think mercenaries, I think some of the the older style games where you're pretty much just fighting waves of guys constantly. This one's a little different, where you're, you're, there's stages, and you, there's kind of a, a pre, kind of a predetermined route of where it wants you to run back and forth and go into different rooms. So actually, I find this mercenary mode a little bit more interesting than the other ones. like Stevie should probably try it because it is, is, it is definitely different than just fighting waves of guys. Like there's a limit of how many guys there are, which is kind of nice. Uh, so I do recommend it. Uh, yeah, like I said. Uh, maybe nine is probably a little bit high to be honest. It's probably closer to eight, like you guys say, uh but to be honest, I think right now, with how there's like very little games that are coming out right now, like next gen games, I think this one's like in a perfect spot where it's like I think a lot of people are gonna get some satisfaction from playing this and
1: well, because you said that it's you kind of reminded me of a thought I've had uh this prior week, and that is I think I was talking to Curtis and. I kind of said that even though I think it's a 7.5 or close enough to an 8, like I think we're all kind of agreeing here. Um, But like just thinking about how this year has gone and how it sounds like it's going to continue to go, this still might be my game of the year by default, you know? (laughs) Because I'm thinking and I'm like, unless Horizon comes out and really blows me out of the water, uh, the sequel, I didn't really enjoy the first one. Mm -hmm. I I never beat it. I, I thought it had interesting character i thought graphically it was great at the time but the gameplay just did nothing for me and especially when you got into those ai interactions for humans and i was just like this is the worst ai for human non-playable characters that i've ever seen in my life they yeah. were just the dumbest things i didn't like that in a game that you're fighting dinosaurs you wouldn't use verticality mm. you're you're going to go up against like a 40 50 foot robot t-rex and you're right. like yeah, I'm going to stay in the grass. That's going to work well for me. It's just, I don't, and that's a me problem. It's just, but my brain couldn't comprehend that kind of thought process, but I just didn't enjoy it. So that, yeah, like, and then Ratchet and Clank, I think I'm still going to give it a shake, but though I've never really been enticed to play the other ones, I don't know how that's going to like fare out really at the yeah. end. So yeah, I feel like by default, I don't know what you're thinking, but uh, with every game that I was looking forward to this year delayed, I think this game might be the end of the year, my game of the year.
0: It's definitely up there. I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you on that one. Yeah. Uh, I'll let you know. So that's pretty much what I did Resident Evil-wise. Um, I'm kind of... I guess the next thing is like, what are they going to do? There's obviously the rumors and it hasn't officially been confirmed that both the Resident Evil 4 remake. Um, obviously, everybody would want that one. I'm... But see... We've talked about this before. Resident Evil 4 is so good. I could sit down and play it today and still love it. Uh, I think Code Veronica would be an, another good one to do a reboot of because it has a good length of game. Like, it's, it's time-wise, it's a long game. Uh, so I'm hoping that'll save it.
1: <laughs> well, with the success of Resident Evil 2 Remake, people know who Claire yeah. is, so continuing her
0: story makes sense to me. Yeah, it's fresher. Uh, yeah. And Resident Evil 3 was just... Ugh. The gameplay and everything was fine. The engine, everything looked amazing. It was just the story. They cut so much out and Yeah. yeah. I don't like it. When your actual well, playthrough is did. like faster than the speedrun playthrough. I, I just
1: feel they did my nemesis dirty. Oh, he was one did, of my yeah. favorite Resident Evil characters and
0: they kept transforming he, him, which he really only in the actual game, he only transforms two times, and it's right. And basically like the, at very, the, end. the Yeah, like right at the end he does the big one. But like during the storyline, I guess he tweaks himself a little bit, but not, not even
1: a, much. It's basically his no, so shirt gets burned yeah, off and yeah. he gets tentacly. But yeah, it makes sense. You could see all the tentacles all the time anyway. But, but
0: in this remake, he had like four or five different forms. Well, so,
1: I didn't mind the final form, but like the, yeah. all the ones leading up to it were so poorly. decided. like yeah. I, 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 I lose the words to explain my disappointment. Yeah.
0: Uh, Other than that, I have been uh, diving into the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. So uh, quite a bit, actually. I think I'm already at like 25 hours or something in the first game. I think I'm I'm technically at like the last planet uh, before the finish of the game. Um, I'm trying to decide how much side stuff I want to do in the first one or if I should like I'm, I'm pretty much almost got the platinum already in that one. Uh, I'm just trying to decide if I want to do side stuff or if I want to just jump to the second game and get it over with. Because to to be honest, the first one, it was good. It was a good game back then. Um, But I I didn't like the weapon system. Like, it's like, there's like, whatever, 10 different types of weapons for each type of gun. And then there's just different tiers of the weapon, right? Like one to whatever the number goes up to. It just, I didn't find it very, it's kind of bland to me and uh, you're there's going to be one gun that's going to be better than the others so it's like why give me 700 guns and then this one they also I think from what I read I thought they changed this one where every character can use every gun now where I think the original you can only use like whatever guns your character class was associated with I don't remember that but I've been told that that's different um, which makes it worse because then now I'm trying to equip weapons on all the characters even though I should only just equip weapons on the people I use but Anyways, I'm, I'm enjoying it. They did a really good job of, of it. Uh, I had a couple bugs that were in the original game. Uh, there's one mission near the end uh, where the boss is... You killed all the enemies, and then the boss is supposed to spawn. He didn't spawn for me. <laughs> so I had to... Luckily, I, I had a save file from before that I could go to. But if I, if I had saved after killing all those guys, I think I would have been scuffed. I think my whole game would have been screwed. I would, I would have maybe been able to, like, download my save file from the cloud. But if I wasn't quick enough, it probably could have uploaded and overrode it. So I really, I could have screwed myself because of this glitch. Um, so just a uh, reminder out there, if you're on Ver, Vermeyer or whatever the planet's called, uh, watch out for that boss bug because <laughs> that's, yeah, not good. Um otherwise yeah really enjoying the game I look forward I think I'm looking forward more to jump to the second one and dig deeper into that one because I find this one it's like I'm skipping conversations as fast as I can because I I I, I kind of remember everything surprisingly I don't remember the layout of things but some of the conversations I'm remembering so it's like skip skip
1: skip 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 What is your favorite Mass Effect from memory
0: I think it was 2 I, th- I don't remember I'm like they're all kind of a blur so there's like story aspects from one that are in another that I'm I don't remember the layout of them. Uh, I think it was two that was my favorite. Um, I think if I said the third one people would be mad because the story ending <laughs> but but uh, I think it was two to be honest. Although I really enjoyed Andromeda, I don't care if people are mad at that. That one got so much flack because of stupid shit. Like, I think that one,
1: like you're saying, it was more of the, well, it's not, you know, Bioware. It's not my Bioware anyway. Yeah. And but look it's at not what, the original team and it's not yeah. like the characters and it's not the Normandy. And it, it did have a lot of issues, granted, but it wasn't cyberpunk. Like it was playable. It wasn't Anthem. Yeah, because I played this. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Like, that's there's funny. so many yeah. games
0: after Andromeda, so many games that have way worse bugs than that. Mm-hmm. Like, And
1: I do agree with you. I think Andromeda had the best combat system. Yeah, it did. Uh, I'm not even a Mass Effect fan, and I can easily and proudly tell you right now that I put way more hours in Andromeda than yeah. any of the other Mass Effects.
0: And the exploration, I thought, was better, too, with, like, jumping mm-hmm. in your vehicle, exploring the actual planet, as opposed to random other planets for, like, they're just empty planes with a couple sprinkled things that you get to click on. Yeah. So anyways, I think that's pretty much, I got a lot of gaming in this week. Um, probably more this week. So, uh, that's it for me. Uh, what have you been up to?
1: Uh, mine's going to be very simple. I finished Resident Evil late. Like we talked about before. Uh, I didn't really go back into it. I think, you know, I'm a I like the story. I, I come for the story, so I'm not really interested in mercenary mode. Cause it's just, that's a point. System and I don't love arcadey things, so I just came for the story. I'll go back to Resident Evil, I'm sure. Give it, give me time so I can forget some things and go into it feeling somewhat fresh. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited to do that in a year or so, or may, who knows, maybe sooner. Maybe I'll get so bored, I'll have to. But what I did do and shouldn't surprise anyone is yeah, I'm playing Ghost of Tsushima again, New Game Plus. Went back to like I think I talked about it previously where I went back into it. Uh, for a little slice, just until Resident Evil 8 came out. Then I completed Resident Evil 8. And then I was like, well, what do I want to do? And then I ended up just turning it on out of boredom. And I fell hard again. I fell so hard. That game with the new TV, like, it is so stupidly good looking. Like, I knew, I remember seeing it look good before. But, but, like, the HDR on the individual blades of grass, like, are you bloody kidding me? Like, it's almost offensive how good this game looks. And like, I would argue it looks better than, I don't know. Like, I know a lot of people love Resident Evil 8 and, but I'm like, well, I don't know when you were, I think Resident Evil 8 looks amazing in the castle and dungeons and stuff like that in small quarters, it looks great. But when you go in the village, that game doesn't look that great. Uh, Maybe that's just my opinion, but I think things go kind of blocky again. The, you know, the environments, meh and the lighting too. Like maybe it's just because it's supposed to be a darky, dark foggy you know environment maybe that's that was the reason for it but i don't know tsushima just looks stupid good the combat is just oh like it's just so good like i i don't understand it has no right to be this good uh it's easy even coming back again playing this game why i thought this was my game of the year last year uh i just i'm having such a good time chris like it i i remembered it fondly but like just going back in i can't get enough i get upset when i clear all the camps because then i'm like damn it now i have to do story missions (laughs) to get to the next one to unlock more camps to raid because it's just it's so good like you can go in one camp and just feel like a badass and fight them all up front and just get swarmed and have a good time that way or you just become like some swinging assassin and it's just it feels like you almost have two games in one And then even the exploration, like with the HDR, it's so much easier to see stuff and probably, you know, the the upscaled resolution as well. Uh, But like I'm finding things uh, easier than I did the first time. I think you had more of the experience I'm having now where I remember we talked previously and you were like, oh, yeah, like I'd see smoke or I just, you know, come into this scenario. And then it's just like, "Okay, cool. Like, that's great that it's rewarding Uh, to just find these things and i'm i'm finding things more this time than relying on just like finding a character that tells you to go in a certain direction so now i feel like i'm almost experiencing more than i originally did which it just makes me that much more happy and yeah I, i just that's all i did this whole week i put so many more hours into it and i'm just loving they also increased like some of the armor sets so i have like a new goal of like okay this armor set that's already ridiculous can be crazier they added the um i can't remember what they call it i'm just going to call it outfits but like basically you can put on a armor and then whatever you attach to that like mask helmet and charms it'll just remember so when you switch it's just like if i want to go to ghost all the charms are going to be what i want for that armor plus you know the costume pieces like the ghost mask or ghost headband whatever however you want to do it i got this cool black looking wolf mask that goes in my opinion goes with the uh go kaku armor maybe i'm saying that wrong i can't remember the name off the top of my head but it just looks badass and i'm like yeah he's the black wolf now <laughs> he's just gonna assassinate this entire place so i, I look yeah.
0: forward to going back to that game i, I i'm kind of imposing a, a fake rule on myself that i need to at least finish one or two other open world games before i go back to that one because i got too many too many open that's true world games.
1: I, and that was actually it's a good point you bring up Is like I re-downloaded Valhalla. Cause that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, you know what? Just finish the story. Don't because I'm not loving the open world aspects to that game. Um, but I'm like, let's just finish the story, get through it. Finally. Uh, now that there's some open time and nope. And i falling in love with ghosts. <laughs> now I don't want anything else, uh, until Ratchet and Clank come out. So anyway, I'll, I'll sum it up there. Uh, I just had a very simple week that way, but I was very happy, very content with my time. Uh, so, anyway, we'll move on to the rest of the show, and we have seven news articles, so let's just get right into the, the news. news. Starting with number one, is Bethesda Starfield now confirmed an Xbox exclusive? This one comes from IGN. Starfield will not be coming to PS5, Game Beat is reporting. Instead, Bethesda's first person science fiction role playing adventure appears to be set to be a major console exclusive for Xbox Series X and S. GameBeat site sources familiar with the decision in its report. Reporter Jeff Grubb earlier tweeted, Starfield is exclusive to Xbox and PC, period. Wow, that's a very strong statement, but okay. And then I also, on top of that, like, that's it for the news article, but I, I have heard other people kind of saying that that's also what they've heard. Um, so, yeah, that... Uh, sounds really bad for sony but i also think me and you chris kind of said this in the first place like mm-hmm. although i was the most optimistic thinking that we're still going to see some bethesda games show up and i'm not talking about death loop because you know exclusivity deals and i can't remember was it Ghostwires, the other one yeah Ghostwire um,
0: Tokyo.
1: so i wasn't talking about those but i still even to this day like we can get into it but i do think we'll see some but yes uh, i think it's easily perceived or it should be easily perceived that they would do this for a new title like you're not gonna like some people are gonna be disappointed but it's you know it's a new ip i think it's easier to be like well this ip is exclusive um yeah. and i don't like i would say most people came out of this article being like well that's it all bethesda games and i'm like yeah i'm yeah. still and even starfield i'm still and we can get into this if you want um but i'm still under the the mindset that like. They don't want to lose money like because this is going to be nothing but lost money. Yes, it's a boost to Game Pass, maybe, uh, but they've already been doing the exclusive for Game Pass. So like maybe they think this is their biggest one to come to Games Pass. I don't know, but uh, I just still don't see like I I could see this being a timed exclusive or, you know, again, I could be wrong. It stays on there forever and they're just going to be really strict on that and hoping that's what picks up momentum for Game Pass, but I don't know. What do you think, Chris?
0: Uh I I think the peop like the people who already want Games Pass probably already has it. So I I'm still in my head, I, I have trouble understanding how these games are making money. Uh I mean I we I know we've talked about it, but it's just I, I, I they could be making more money if they if it wasn't on Games Pass, I think. So, and to make it exclusive, I mean, to be honest, this was this was a game that I think a lot of people are hyping up, and a lot of people, there's excitement for it. I'm still seeing that, okay, this game's being made by Bethesda, so is this going to be a new graphics engine, or is everything still going to look like Skyrim? <laughs> or yeah. Elder no, that's a really good point, because uh, I cause think... they they just use outdated engines, and I mean, yeah... Well, and how buggy do all their games come oh, out? Oh, so, so it's like, I mean... I don't want to pre-bash the game. I mean, I, if it does well, I'll probably get it on PC. Um, obviously, that's where I would have to get it. Um, what was the other game that they released? Uh, it was that Fallout team, the Fallout New Vegas team. Outer World, was that what it was oh, called? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I remember Outer playing Wilds. Outer Wilds. Outer, yeah. I can't remember. Oh,
1: sorry. There's two games, and that was the confusion. I think you're right. I think you, the
0: one you're talking about is o- Outer World. Outer World. The Outer Worlds or something? Yeah. And, and that yeah, one you're was, right it's the outer world yeah that one got a lot of hype and I I remember playing the demo or something for it and I thought it was pretty good but it still felt like a Bethesda game to me and I mm-hmm. guess I'm done with them or I'm I, maybe I was never really into them in the first place but I don't know I just I I feel like they need to up their game they have to make a new graphics engine or license a license one that's already out that's better because it's just They've their games have felt dated to me for such a long time. Uh, as far as the story being X- Xbox exclusive, um, yeah, I mean this is this this so Xbox needs this. They need exclusives because right now they're they're just there's another article we're gonna talk about later on, but like they're I feel like they're losing console wise majorly, and I think they're gonna continue to lose because frankly Sony's knocking it out of the park with their exclusives right now. So this could be a good benefit for Xbox. Uh, it might not be that much because all their games go on PC as well. So, I mean, they'll make money on that side, but is it going to help Xbox as much? I don't know.
1: No, it's true. Like, I don't know. I, I look at this article and I definitely think Game Pass is a problem. If you see this as a problem, that is, um, it, it just seems like they're going on keep it exclusive, try to boost Game Pass. That's clearly, I think Chris called it from the start when we were even talking about next-gen consoles and Chris said like, they don't really care about consoles anymore they it's kind of obvious like you know they're gonna come out they're gonna give you the shiniest you know they they've, ever since the xbox one x it seems like they just want to be the powerhouse but honestly they're more about game pass and it's more obvious every day like you know how many months ago when they made that dumb move trying to double xbox gold um price and then had to go back on it because they just want you on game pass that's all they want that subscription money so that's why Starfield's exclusive to Xbox and PC. Like, you know, enough said there. Uh, do I think that means something could change in the future? Absolutely. My, the reason I'm looking at this from my study, going on the webs, doing my homework, and Chris, you might want to chime on this too. Maybe you'll find this interesting. But what happened last month? Okay, Outriders comes out. Outriders, just before it comes out, almost like they decided this the night before, was announced that it's going to be Game Pass Day 1, Right. Well, what happens? I look at the game sales for PlayStation for April. Outriders is a number two selling in the UK and all of North America for PlayStation. So even though it's free on your Xbox, the same free game people don't mind paying for on PlayStation. So now Microsoft gets to look at this and be like, okay, we lost. I don't know. I'm going to throw out a number 50 hundred million dollars. I don't know what it is but they lost uh, a sum of money to get this game on a subscription to gain the $200 million they gain a month for having that subscription. So you already lost half the 100 and then Sony probably just made the <laughs> more than that right there and they didn't have to offer anything. So it is also always comes back to my argument. Why I don't think game pass is a good business model for Sony and why I don't expect them to come out. You know, everyone's always like, Oh, well eventually they're going to have to. I'm like, why look at what just happened with outriders. It's there's, Next to MLB. And that's the other crazy thing. The only other game that beat it for April was MLB, which is also a Game Pass game. (laughs) Like, this is, like, everyone always talks to me. You know, I get these emails or these conversations, and people are like, oh, you're wrong about Game Pass. I'm like, I don't think I am. And every time I'm looking at these facts, I feel like, if anything, I'm more proven right.
0: Mm. It's too good for the consumer, where you're not seeing how corporate side is doing well on it.
1: It's only good if you're Microsoft, who has billions and billions of dollars available to lose, yeah, and you don't mind waiting, hoping that the future just turns around, but I, I don't know. I just think it's interesting, but I still think if you're a business, and you looked at that, and you saw Outriders and MLB, both free games on your console, but they're still the, making Sony the most money for that month, why would you not make this game a timed exclusive? Because then you're just going to recoup some of that cost.
0: Yeah. I I think uh, just kind of sort of off topic, I think Sony should do, I think they could get a lot of good positive press if they did like a game pass, but for indie titles. Mm. And I think that would be good. I think um, indie developers would like that because then they would have I I think they would have a steady stream of income coming in because they're on that program. That seems like that would be something that would be interesting. I don't think yeah. as many people would sign up for it because it's all indie titles, but I think it's a, it would be a good catch-all for like, now, hey, you pay this subscription, you could play all these different games from all these many different, different uh, developers. I think that would be an interesting idea, and I think it would be good press uh, for them as well to do something like that.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I think they could... Uh, I mean, there's a multitude of things they could do. I even I was thinking like, do you take maybe some double A games that you're making exclusive anyway, and just if you don't think they're going to make enough, you could toss it on there with some of the previous, you know, try to make older PS4 like exclusive games on a service for free, kind of like PlayStation Collection or whatever. Yeah. Um, and do something like that, and then it's it's good enough. It's not you know a head on competitor with Game Pass, but you don't want that because you're Sony. And you're actually trying to make money and not lose it. So that's just my thought. We can move on. I think we've kind of hit that one as hard as we need to. So we'll go to number two, Chris.
0: Breaking out of hell and onto your PlayStation. This one comes from Push Square. Hades, the gorgeous roguelike action title that won so many Game of the Year awards, could finally be carving a path to PlayStation. As reported by Gamatsu, Hades has received an age rating in Korea for the PlayStation 4. These age ratings aren't always concrete proof that a game is making the jump, but more often than not, they're an indicator that something's happening behind the scenes. Hopefully, we will get an official announcement sooner rather than later. Woo! What are your thoughts on this one?
1: I'm excited. Uh, So every time anyone anyone talks about Returnal recently, I feel like Hades is always brought up Mm. just because this new... You know, rogue-likes and rogue lights are getting pushed to the forefront of people's attention. They're kind of getting spotlighted into, like, people's vision, and I just think, yeah, people can take a look and be like, what is this? Okay, it's getting a bunch of rewards. Like, it'd be great for Hades, obviously, I think, and even myself, I would actually try it because when I... I don't know anything about rogue games in general. I just, they're never really in my scene. But when Hades is brought up, I do like the idea that it's like, okay, you lost and you have to start over, and that normally would irk me, but the fact that you can still keep your progress in the sense of, like, your character's stronger and you got these skills and you can now redo it, but you're just even more hard-hitting. I like that. That sounds appealing to me, and, you know, although I still have some reservations on things I hear, the fact that it won all these awards almost kind of makes me feel like I need to toss those thoughts aside and just go into it.
0: Yeah. No, for like sure. I'm not
1: sure about yourself. I never had any experience with it yet, but Curtis even I think was the one yeah. out of the three of us that really seemed to enjoy it.
0: Uh, I have it on PC. Uh, I haven't played it yet. <laughs> I've just been more in a console mood lately, so whenever I'm on my PC, it's usually a multiplayer game. So. Yeah. But I, I know I have multiple buddies that praise Hades. Obviously, all the awards it's won. I, I think it's going to do really well on the PlayStation. I think a lot of people are going to jump on and get it. Uh, I'm really enjoying a returnal very similar sort of in the roguelike aspect of it. Uh, but I, th- I think, yeah, Hades is going to do well. Uh, I don't think, uh, yeah, I think the, the returnal and Hades are going to be quite separate. So I don't think I would compare them same boat per se, uh, other than like the sort of the style of the game, but, uh, yeah, for sure. I, I think Hades I think, is going to do well.
1: I, my big problem and only reservation with getting returnal Was this problem is I think if returnal was more like Hades in the sense that like every time you start you're a little stronger and you have a little more survivability if that's even a word yeah I think I would have definitely gotten returnal day one the fact that they didn't do that is why I don't think I'll ever get returnal Uh, and that that kind of sucks but I'm not alone in that too like I didn't make it a story this week but returnals not on any charts Mm -hmm. It, it dropped fast and I I think we had that conversation when we were talking about Returnal a couple of weeks back, but I straight out called out the fact that it's a $70 game. Yeah,
0: the price hurts it a lot.
1: It hurts it a lot. People aren't, although Hades has helped the rogue title that people are starting to kind of understand what it means. I still don't think we're there yet. It's not, you know, perceived as a AAA type of game, which I'm not saying any genre should be limited to like whatever a title grading you want to give it. But um, yeah, I just think it def- That price just did not help it, no, especially it with hurt. people not knowing. I-, I think there's a lot of hard or I wouldn't call them hardcore gamers, but they're the big gamers that get the big titles like God of War, Spider-Man, and then they saw Mark and they're like who? And then this Returnal game what? And,
0: and they did what before? It- and don't
1: get me wrong, it probably still did better than it could have just because it was yeah. like if you had a PS5, what else are you getting right now? Yeah. Um. So it probably still did better, but the fact that it's not like charting it tells me that that hurt it. So I'm interested to see how what the cost Hades would be, and uh, I, I think I'd get it because, like you said, I also wouldn't want to play it on PC. But if I'm sitting on my couch and I'm bored, Hades sounds like something that is easily like just easy to jump into. Plus, on top of that, I mean, Hades has already been on the Switch since September. Yeah. So as long clearly, as the... it works well console controller wise. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. I was gonna. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. As long as it's uh, the controller support for it is really good. Being a top-down game, sometimes there's games that definitely suffer from that transition to console. Uh, any strategy game, just awesome. So anyway, my final thought is, bring it on. I'm
1: actually kind of excited for it. Depending on the price, I think I will try it at some point. I don't know about you, Chris. I mean, you already own, I it, already so own I, it. I doubt, yeah. yeah, I doubt you'd feel inclined to get it on the
0: PlayStation now. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait a year and get it on PlayStation Plus for free.
1: There you go. Moving on to number three, Last of Us Part 2 gets a game boost on the PS5. This one comes from Polygon. Naughty Dog's latest update for The Last of Us Part 2 enhances the game's performance on PlayStation 5 patch 1.08 for the game. Release Wednesday will let PS5 owners choose a frame rate target of either 30 frames per second or 60 frames per second, Naughty Dog said on the PlayStation blog. Here's quotes. These allow you to choose your preferred frame rate to complement the rest of the achievements or enhancements, sorry, that's uh, that's words for me, that are part of the PS5 backwards compatibility with PS4 games, such as enhanced resolution, faster load times, and more. Naughty Dog Director of Communications Arne Meyer explained, The Last of Us Part 2's PS5 performance patch is free. Meyer called the update just the first step on working on the PS5. The team has been digging into the PS5 hardware and the possibility it unlocked since launch last year and we're excited about what the future holds, he said. Uh, Chris, I heard uh, in one of your posts on our Slack channel that you were very excited to start downloading this back onto your (laughs) console. Uh, How's that been going for you? (laughs) Uh,
0: Not at all. Um, I like when they say the team is digging into the PS5 hardware. To me, it feels like they're just, skimming the surface that's all they're doing like because this isn't even the playstation 5 version of the game yet still the playstation 4 Uh, having to choose between 30 frames or 60 frames is just crap the ps5 strong enough you could have 60 frames and still have it look good i know if i turn last of us part 2 on and set it to 60 frames right now the game's probably gonna look shittier than it's supposed to It's, it's gonna, it's gonna look like that. So it's like, I I may as well just wait for the PS5 version of the game and play it at 60 frames and not lose the quality that I'm going to lose, uh, currently. That's my opinion. But even then, I don't even know if I'm going to want to play it. Uh, like I, I I see some interesting people doing like, uh, the permadeath runs. Uh, Maybe it'd be fun trying that, but I don't remember the game enough to remember all the instant death locations. So it's yeah. like I, I would definitely lose to one of those and I'd be so pissed. So <laughs> it's like ah, uh, right now I'm I would rather wait to the PS five official version version of the game.
1: Well, and even like you said, like talking about we're working, we're just starting to work on the PS five. I'm like okay, we already cats out of the bag. We already know you're doing a remaster for the Last of Us one. So odds are that's just what they're learning there brought into this patch. They probably are like easily like the okay, surface. we got this working. Yeah. So, I mean, I just feel like it's, you know, this is probably a a nothing for them. They're like, well, we already have the code. We know how to make this work. Boop. Just kick it out. It's good. Maybe brings people back. Uh, I'm not coming back. Like, (laughs) you are kind of
0: laughing about this. They're taking a layer of plastic and putting it on top of it. Ah, now it's fresh.
1: (laughs) Well, and that's, yeah, it's, I don't know. I have something against Naughty Dog recently where, you know, their shooting's never been great. Even that Xbox report where they were complimenting this game, it still said at the bottom that, you know, shooting's still not fun. <laughs> Naughty Dog seems to have an issue making shooting, which I'm like, yeah, I guess. Like, I've never had a huge problem with it, but it it is different. Um, you know, it's definitely not like a Titanfall or Call of Duty, but it's also not a first-person shooter, so it's not apples to apples on that one. But, yeah, just hearing this, I mean this game has issues for me that have nothing to do with its technical abilities. No. Like it was never that, I mean, though the loads were long as hell, especially it came out really close to Sushima and Sushima load stupid fast for a PlayStation four. Uh, so that, that stood out to me. It was very, I shouldn't say very grainy. I know some people thought it was stupid grainy, so it didn't look that great. I never had an issue with the frame rate, really. Like, those 60 frames, I've definitely, that's been my awakening. This next generation is like, okay, yeah, I get. And now I understand the argument for why we want 60 frames on everything. Um, but this game, it was the story. The story is just not fun. The, the game drags in. Again, this is all just in my opinion. You can disregard it, walk away, call me crazy. I just thought the story is bad in every way. I, I, I couldn't write a worse story if I honestly put all my effort into it. I just think any time, and this is a spoiler, skip a minute in if you don't want to hear my spoiler here, but uh, I think I've used this kind of reference a lot. And basically, if I sent Chris to the store to get something and he fails to get it, he comes back home and I tell him like, if he leaves for that object one more time, I'm going to be so upset. I'm going to leave him and he still goes to get it. We're done. Me and Chris, we break up the podcast. It's no longer happening. (laughs) But he really had to get the item to prove to himself he could do it. And then he goes and he's like, you know what? I don't even like this thing. And then he leaves. I'm like, what the hell is that? That's the worst thing ever. And then the way they split the game where you're playing the same days as different characters. Oh, my God. It's just it was bad. Um at least when you compare it to one, like maybe this game, if one never existed, would still be like a six or seven for us. But the fact that we played one and it was amazing and the story is just so much better. I don't know. It's yeah, this patch does nothing for me. And yeah, I'm not coming back. So if for people that didn't get their platinum yet and you wanted to go back for your platinum, maybe this is incentive now. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I don't know, so I don't have either way. To we'll back. move on.
1: I, I just don't want to talk about last part two <laughs> we anymore. We about
0: the story so much, so yeah. So we're going to number four. Chris WB Games might be getting a divorce. This article comes from VGC on Monday. Telecommunications giant AT and T said it had agreed a deal to offload the WB Games parent Warner Media. Uh, which will merge with Discovery to form a new standalone company billed as one of the largest global streaming players. The transaction, which is anticipated to close in mid-2022, will see AT&T receive $43 billion, and its stakeholders receive stock representing 71% of the new company. Uh, Warner's Games Divisions compromise 11 Studios, uh, we got Rocksteady, which is the Batman series, Nether Realms, Mortal Kombat, Monolith, which is the Middle Earth games, TT Games is the Lego games, Avalanche Studio, or sorry, Avalanche Software, which is Hogwarts Legacy, uh, the W Games Montreal, which are the Gotham Knights series, WB Games Boston, Game of Thrones Conquest game, uh, WB Games Los Angeles, uh, WB Games San Francisco, WB Games San Diego, and New York. While WB Games wasn't mentioned in Monday's announcement, a spokesperson told, told Axios the deal will see it broken up in some form. Uh, in quotes, some of the gaming arm will stay with at and and some will go with the new company, they said. So, do you think this will affect us in any way? Or uh, I feel like we're just going to get less WB Games, honestly.
1: I do think that some of these other studios might get either dropped altogether i could see that you know when you Mer- read merging. through the list and you couldn't like even uh where do we cite this from vgc couldn't be bothered to write you know let's see wb games los angeles like what they did wb yeah, san francisco stopped. right <laughs> so like are those companies just going to be left to die like you know are they just going to be sold off with no care or consideration um i think that's the bigger question why it's kind of a news article like for me My fear is, you know, I've heard people talk about this already and they're like, okay, so some of the games are going to go with the new company or game studio, sorry. Um, What game, like what studio are they going to be? And I I think me and you, Chris, I think it's obvious to think Rocksteady. The profitable ones. (laughs) Netherrealm makes stupid money, right? Like all their microtransactions.
0: Maybe Avalanche.
1: The other two for me that are iffy, like if you, I don't know, I would say I would say Rocksteady, NetherRealm, Monolith, and TT Games. Uh, but oh, then the my Legos fear is are like, popular. yeah, like they make dumb money, so it's hard to say that they wouldn't take them. But for me, then it's Avalanche Studio or Software, where I'm like, I'm really excited about Hogwarts Legacy, but it's always now in that conversation of how people are upset with other things that have nothing to do with the game, but some reason that seems to always reflect on the game. And then uh, WB Games Montreal, right? Like, they did, uh, I think, Arkham Origins. And now they're trying to do Gotham Knights. And I feel like Gotham Knight would be the first time they get to kind of do something new-ish. Like, it's still Arkham game, kind of. But it's not in that series. And it's multiplayer-oriented. So it would be something new for them. Uh, So then, yeah, do they get to finish that? I mean, it's coming out before this merger even take place, so I guess they would get to finish it. But is it the last thing they get to finish? Right?
0: It just sounds like it's just a major restructuring of some sorts with where they're actually selling off parts of themselves. Which I mean, we've talked about in the past too about other people possibly looking at purchasing WB. Uh, yeah, we talked about this. I don't know how I many. And Microsoft ago. was
1: definitely the one that seemed the most eager to pick up a lot of their gaming companies. Which is
0: interesting that we're seeing this article coming out. I want to say shortly after we talked about that. It's a couple months ago already, but it's just interesting that it's like, okay, no, we're not selling out to anybody, but we are going to be restructuring and selling pieces of ourselves. <laughs> so it's like... Well, uh, yeah,
1: they're going to keep some. And then yeah. to me, they're not saying they're going to sell the others, but you're probably going to sell the others. att has got a lot of debt. I mean, although this new bill is going to help out, there's always more money.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And if you're not going to do anything with those games, like moving forward, if you're big, you know if you want to keep concentrate on the new stuff and the new company and those goals. Yeah. I do think they're going to sell off. And then it's like, well, okay, let's say they don't take another realm. Does Sony pick that up? Cause they're investing all in fighting games right now.
0: Maybe. Oh yeah. Like they, they, they're they going hard EVO, on that. Right. Yeah. And now
1: there's another report where they're, you know, there's a patent for possibly betting on, you know, yeah. I don't know what you call it, but like tournaments and such like that. Um, so then I'm like, yeah, do you want Moral Kombat? Again, I don't think they would sell NetherRealm at all. Maybe
0: no. they'll keep all the, the companies, or all the games developers that have WBU in the name already, just so they don't have to change the letterhead. <laughs>
1: Possibly. <laughs> so yeah, we don't know, maybe Microsoft, maybe Sony, ain't gonna pick up the little guys, or nobody does, and like I said, unfortunately, maybe they close, but uh, all we can do is wait and time will tell. So until that wait, let's go into number five square might be announcing yet another playstation exclusive can you believe it vgc square enix is working on a new playstation 5 exclusive fall fantasy game and it's likely to be revealed at e3 next month that's according to noted insider naftra I'm going with Navtra, <laughs> who has a good recent track record when it comes to PlayStation and Square Enix information. Natra usually previously, sorry, revealed a large portion of announcements that would later be made at the first PS5 software sh- showcase in June 2020 and also leaked Square Enix's plans to release PlayStation exclusive Marvel's Avengers DLC. In August 2020 prior to Final Fantasy 16's announcement, Natra revealed the game would be a PS5 time exclusive. The following month, the game's reveal trailer referenced a PC release, although this was eventually removed. Asked to clarify the situation, Square Enix later said, we have no further information on if Final Fantasy 16 will be released on platforms other than the PS5. Square Enix has recently confirmed to be a participant at June's all-digital E3 2021 event, and on Friday, Natra said the company could be gearing up to reveal a new PS5 entry into the long-running RPG series. This is in quotes. I believe you can expect at least one more major Fallen Fantasy announcement in addition to updates on currently announced stuff. Fallen Fantasy 16 Endwalker, and Walker and Fallen Fantasy 7 Remake uh, are some of the previous ones announced. They wrote, <clears throat> it should be a good E3 season for Square overall. Nature later posted, I don't know their exact E3 schedule, but I'm guessing based on the knowledge of what games they have in development, how far in they are and their target release dates. So take it with a grain of salt. I believe we're getting two major Square Enix reveals this June, a PS5 exclusive Final Fantasy title and a cross-gen EDIOS title. Ah, uh, Whoa, that's a mouthful, Chris. What are your thoughts? Are you excited, huh?
0: Yeah, I tend to always get excited for anything that Square Enix releases, uh, mostly because I think we're, we're, we're pretty big fans of most Final Fantasy games, even the bad ones. Um, yeah. There aren't bad ones. Oh, there is some. <laughs> I like some of the old Edeos games from back when it was just E-D-O-S. Um But yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited for anything Square Enix has to say, except for uh, Avengers. <laughs> they're just, they're wanting to keep that thing alive. And I, I, I understand why they want to keep it alive, but at some point they need to anthemize it.
1: Well, I, I do think that's happening. We can, It's co- kind of going to be in the homework later, but... um. It does seem like they're quite happy with Outriders, so I'm kind of wondering yeah. if they're going to start focusing more on that while slowly trying to make people's attention, you know, forget about Marvel's Avengers.
0: Yeah. So, yeah, I'm I'm like I said, I'm always excited for anything Square Enix does, so uh yeah, uh, another Final Fantasy. I don't know if it, it's weird that he's suggesting that it might be another FF related announcement, which is mm-hmm. surprising because we already have a couple FF announcements, so could this be like uh, some sort of addition to maybe fourteen, the online game? Uh, but I'll well, I not know it won't be because Endwalker
1: stuff. is the new expansion, which oh, he yeah, already so, says is
0: announced. Right. So oh, what are they? They're going to so, so that's that, why like, yeah, seventeen.
1: <laughs> well, my thing is like, is this a prequel or a remaster? Yeah. Uh, a bit, oh,
0: that's probably what it is. They probably remastered like. 8 or 9 or so 10 or... you might not remember this. Well, actually, that's remaster. a good
1: point. Now you said 10. Uh, that'd be awesome. But uh, you may not remember this, but a while back, they did have an article before I think even Final Fantasy VII Remake landed that they did kind of make it sound like their goal was more remakes. Okay. So then my idea is like, is it going to be a Final Fantasy VIII remake? Which I don't think so because we just got the remastered like a little over a year ago. Or are we going to get a nine remake? I think was the one I kind of landed on? Like maybe, but then you said 10 and I'm like, well, yeah, it has been a while. Like, don't get me wrong. There's a bunch of 10, you know, re-releases and such, but maybe
0: it'll be 10. 10 was the moneymaker, I think for them. So if I had to pick one, I would guess 10. I Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't me myself. I don't think I'd want 10. I would would love to see a remake of eight. Because I think that one is like would be really cool. You know what even crazier? Six. Oh, six, yeah. What
1: if it's six? Because people have a love for six that I'll never understand. Oh, yeah. Um, six
0: was great. I mean, that was I never finished it, <laughs> but I, I played yeah. it multiple times up to certain point points. I loved six. So it and, could be, and, or I could be
1: if it was six, I think that would be a showstopper.
0: Yeah, because that would be like a new game, right? That wouldn't be like they wouldn't redo it the way it was, obviously.
1: No, no, not at all. But just be... like in
0: like the new engines that they use, right? I don't know. Yeah, if that they would made be really it like cool.
1: That would be really cool. That i honestly, I got myself hyped. Yeah, <laughs> for my own rumor,
0: we're giving we're giving him too much credit for a rumor. You know what? That we're it's making. confirmed. Final Fantasy 6 remake. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. The beta is gonna be live soon. <laughs>
1: yeah that would be uh, that would be cool you know now i'm excited i i really hope this is true i hope we can believe it um again every week i seem to be looking more and more forward to this next e3 uh it's kind of like our super bowl so uh let's get them boys moving Mm. on to number six everything's coming up sony this one's from vgc as well
0: take it chris playstation 5 reportedly outsold the xbox series x and s by more than two to one during the first three months of 2021 well, Nintendo Switch outsold both its rivals combined, whatever, yeah, we'll move on. That's according to research from data and analytics from Amphir Analysis, which suggests Sony sold through 2.83 million units to consumers during the first calendar quarter. Sony recently confirmed that 3.3 million PS5 consoles were shipped in the, th- in the three months to March 31st, uh, with supply constrained by parts unavailability uh, that could result in PS5 shortages until 2022. According to AmpFear, Xbox Series X and S consoles sold a combined total of 1.31 million units in the first quarter of 2021. Microsoft didn't provide Xbox Series X and S shipment figures with its earnings results for the quarter, only noting that hardware revenue was up 232% year over year, driven by continued demand for the new consoles which it expects to be in short supply until at least June 2021. Uh is anybody surprised by this? Um no, cuz as far as we've talked about in the past, uh I we never we it we always felt or at least I did that the Xbox uh console is kind of be feeling like an afterthought and they're just not wanting to um push it forward like they're they're all about games pass that's what they want to do whether it's on pc console they just want to put good parts in a system sell that out to everybody um so and then they're losing too because they're not having the exclusives which we've mentioned before uh they have some but not enough to uh, make it stand out yeah it's not a surprise that the playstation is doing well I mean, the Xbox, like I said, I think they lose a lot of their business to the PC game, uh, games as well, right? A lot of people who have Xboxes do tend to have PCs. So then it, it just it, it, the trend is that it just won't sell as many consoles because they will uh, be playing on PC as an alternative.
1: Yeah, I think you really nailed it. I think uh, Microsoft isn't really concerned with the console wars anymore. Uh, I don't think that's what they're trying to push here. You know, we always still hear rumors of the streaming stick they're going to have when xCloud finally kind of fully releases. So, you know, then you're looking at something almost like Stadia. I think that's their end game, really. And right now, like, they're still selling consoles. You know, they're still having record years, too. Uh, so it's not only like this article saying, like, oh, Xbox is dying or anything like that. Um But, yeah, it's just, like you said, PlayStation is pushing consoles. That is their business plan right now. And the exclusives back it up. Um, I just think PlayStation's constantly on this rise lately. And with COVID, it just pushed it higher. And it is what it is. They just, they got the hype. They got the studios. And they have the games that people have been talking about Mm -hmm. the most, right? You know, Xbox honestly almost inadvertently helped them grow to, like, this popularity level due to their lack of game exclusives for the last two generations really I don't
0: think sales are going to slow down anytime soon either because demand is still so high and the supply is so low I feel like these these sales are going to be consistent for almost probably over a year it's going to be consistently like this and then they'll probably then again if they release this other PS5 that we're talking about uh, maybe a budget PS5 or (laughs) hopefully worse than the current PS5 model that they've been talking about um hopefully, I mean, that might even add to their sales. Well, it definitely will add because then they'll have the regular version, which they'll be low on. But yeah, then the new version will just come in and just be extra money on top of it.
1: Yep. Well, that's the thing. If they can make a revised one that's easier to make so they can up production, but at the same time, maybe it will lower their costs. Then they're making more money on the console too. It's a win-win. And then uh, my only question is like, Will we see a, a slope in sales as supply picks up? Because everyone, I don't know why, but the the hotness probably because the pandemic situation. But people like all seem to more rush out for this than they ever did the PS4 at launch. So then I'm like, are we going to see almost like a slowing of sales compared to the PS4, or is we have more gamers in the world now? Like, is it more of that? And really, it's not going to slow down.
0: Yeah, you could be right on that. I think the pandemic has unlocked the gamer inside a lot of people. Uh, Well, because
1: that's the thing is I feel like the pandemic and what I'm trying to convey is that, okay, so me and you both know the type of people that they won't buy the next console for two or three years after release, right? Yeah. But did the pandemic, them being forced at home, you know, a lot of people are, the word escapes me, but they're investing in their home life more. Mm. So maybe a new gaming console is going to get fast-forwarded three years sooner than they normally would. And that's my only concern is like, so then three years later, those people that were going to buy the console then, have they already bought it? Yeah. And that's the only reason I still think I'm wrong. I still think there's also going to be more gamers than we ever had. You know, you get these surveys all the time where more and more people have played games than they ever had before. You know, who knows? And I don't think mobile as much as the articles way back in the day said that that was going to take over the gaming space uh no i think uh solitaire is doing fine but yeah still sounds good for sony uh glad to hear it keep up those record sales and we'll keep on moving on so number seven last article of the day amy hennings bringing the team back together this one comes from vgc the co writer of EA's canceled Star Wars project, Ragtag, has announced that he is reunited with its director, Amy Henning, to work on a new AAA adventure game, or quadruple A if you're Xbox. <laughs> Todd Sashwick revealed on Twitter that he had joined Heading's new studio, Skydance New Media, along a core team of industry vets to work on a new title. Did I mess that up, Ad or what?
0: No, I'm still the quadruple A. Well, well, where, where, are that, the s, right? where are the S-style uh, yeah. games and the SS of the s, s, s. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, be loud.
1: Stashwick tweets also included links to job listings for a senior animator, animator engineer and a senior software engineer, both of which refer to... Wow, they really spelt that wrong. And this is a direct copy and paste, so that's not my fault. To the... Refer tot he new project <laughs> as a high quality, not quadruple A single player story driven action adventure game built using the Unreal Engine. That impresses me because hopefully we're talking about a good looking game there. Stashwick and Henning had worked together on Project Red Tag for two years at EA's Visceral Game Studio before EA reportedly canceled the project. Henning, who previously directed the first three Uncharted games and Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver. Ah, I love Soul Reaver. I love Legacy of Kane stuff. I wish that would come back. That's another story, sorry. Then announced in late 2019 that she was helming a new game studio formed by Hollywood production company Skydance. Skydance hired Henning to lead a new San Francisco-based company alongside former Electric Arts executive Julian Beck. Uh, who had 30 years of experience working on franchises such as battlefield needed for speed and star wars speaking of venture beat at the time henning said the company will target gamers and non-gamers alike on both traditional and emerging streaming platforms with new story focused experiences uh i like that last one you know me i'm a story boy so yeah give me some story focused experiences the only part i don't like is the gamers and non-gamers alike are we Referring to almost a uh, don't nod or a telltale structure more of
0: a cinematic style, heavy rain type of game mm-hmm. yet, where it's more inclusive to everybody. No, I, I could see that. I mean, they, these guys are fairly talented people, so whatever they pump out will definitely be good, I think. And
1: that's yeah, that's a good point, because you're just saying like. You know both of the resumes speak to me and like well you think they would be making a deeper game than just a button clicker
0: right yeah this is it's interesting where it sounds like we're hearing of a lot of new game companies getting made which is great it's, it's great that's yeah. that's been
1: my number one fear is that like I, there's just been too many game company acqu- like you know being acquired <laughs> yeah
0: that's what we're seeing like EA, the big companies, they're purchasing little companies and consuming them. Activision, they're taking all the little companies and becoming one. And then they'll realize, oh, shit, this was a bad decision. And then people will start diving off of those companies and start mm. forming new companies and do it all over again. <laughs> so it's, it's like,
1: actually like maybe this is the circle life Lion King was talking about. Yeah, this is the circle <laughs> of
0: life that we're seeing. Yes. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's depressing. It's depress. It's depressing that they, it, it just makes me sad that they have to have this inconsistency in their job uh, that where they have to like constantly do this fumble of making a new company because, hey, it was the goal to make a good company, make a couple games, get purchased by EA and then dive off a year within the year to make a new company and do it all over again.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, if it frees up talented people with great ideas and it means we're going to get great games in the future, I'm all for it. But you're right we see this all the time like how many oh geez uh what days gone developer um sony bend oh right yeah yeah so like sony bend for instance how many people left there once sony started trying to force them to make an uncharted game they had no interest in making um well and then on top of that the remake that they took over from them and then i don't know blizzards lost how many people just Mm -hmm. because how activision loves to treat people just the people we're talking about now EA mistreating them and ruining like something that could have been amazing Uh, it's just we see it all the time so you're right I think you kind of nailed it like this is a great I love like his this whole year yeah we've heard nothing but talented people making it on their own and now they get to make the games they want to make which is just going to be great for us
0: yeah it just means better quality games that we're going to see they they learned everything they could from those other big companies and what not to do and then hopefully they'll rebuild maybe this is just the the world where you live in now it's just we're gonna get some really good bangers coming out in the near future well i mean not near future it could be a couple of years before they actually see anything from them but maybe these new companies that rise from the ashes of the old uh will be awesome yeah I, I hope they will be
1: no it keeps my extent, excitement level up just because like and the way sony is partnering up with these guys uh and just saying like we don't have to acquire you. We can just say, hey, like we want to help you. Yeah. You want help. We want help. We want games that are awesome.
0: I'm under the and, umbrella.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then we have a great partnership, but you don't feel like you know you're gonna get ruined like EA did to you. So I think it's all great. Uh fairly excited about this. Sounds like you are too. Mm. And uh we're done. That's it. We finished all our news articles. Yay! So guess what? That means we're moving on to homework. What is homework? Homework is when we don't have all the time in the world to give you all the news that came out this previous week. So we just give you a link, a title, and you can go educate yourselves on your own time, and then we're all better for it. So we'll start with number one, Sony discount. Whoa. Sony discounting demon Souls, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, and more PS5 games in days of play sale. This one comes from Push Square. So if you're excited for some PS5 games actually, you know, getting a little cheaper, then congratulations. It's finally coming. Apparently, those are both uh, sec- on
0: my list exactly i can't wait for you get
1: demon souls (laughs) then i can actually move forward square enix reportedly working with netflix on Final fantasy 7 remake anime series this one comes from news asia today uh that one sounds cool i would watch it uh hopefully be more enjoyable than the game was i like Uh, the movies yeah exactly i I like yeah all the lore of Final fantasy 7 so great uh chris you want to take the next two
0: Four class action lawsuits over Cyberpunk's troubled launch are combining into a mega class action (laughs) lawsuit. Get Uh, ready to get (laughs) rocked. This one comes from VGC. Nothing more needs to be said about that. Square Enix says Outriders can become its next major franchise as it tops 3.5 million players VGC. I'm kind of curious as to the concurrent players that are playing Outriders. Uh, See if they're actually maintaining that level. Uh, or if it's just a, a one and done, I, I don't have the information on that, but I, I hope that it works well for them.
1: So I do. Okay. I almost made this a story because we almost wanted to talk about this. Um, where is it? Yeah. So as p- reported elsewhere, basically, it seems like it, just going off of steam numbers, that Outriders already lost 93% of its steam players.
0: That's kind of why I mentioned it because <laughs> I had so, heard rumors.
1: This is, I mean, we could talk about a little bit if you want, but my thing is Outriders isn't, and I was wrong. I think I've called it a games of service a hundred times. Apparently it's not games of service. It's more angled towards you playing a run and then you're just done. And you can have more runs with your buddies and have a multiplayer experience, but it's not, you know, there's no real end game. It's just beat it and you're done. So I could see why the drop off, but 93% seems kind of crazy and then on top of that, like, how do you make that an next franchise? Like, I just feel like there's two options here is that it's just a game they're going to make every two years or so, you know, sequels and whatnot. And it just makes what it makes and it's great. Or are they going to, like we talked about before, pretend that Marvel's Avengers never happened and try to turn Outriders into that and another microtransaction feeding tube?
0: Uh, it'll be a sequel. Uh, they'll add open world to it and it'll be like destiny light mode.
1: Yeah, that's kind of my fear, but you know, good to him. Hopefully, it does well, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe th- I'm, assuming, conflicting information. I'm
0: assuming the game's not open world right now. I don't think it is. <laughs> no, it's I think it's <laughs> <Okay>. like Destiny, like <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, okay. And the last two Injustice animated movie in the works at Warner Brothers. This one comes from Destructoid. I'm very excited about that. I don't love fighting games. I traditionally just stay with Mortal Kombat. But I do like the Injustice stories. Uh, again, better than all their live action movies, sadly. Uh, so I would I'd enjoy watching that for sure. And then the last one is Netflix is reportedly planning to expand into video games. This one comes from VGC, but don't get too excited because it just sounds like their own version of Apple Arcade, which I've never even seen, nor will I ever.
0: I'll take it if it's free with the pass.
1: Yeah, there you go. So we got through all our homework. So that means we got through the entire show. Thank you for listening to us. Like I always say, your time is your most valuable currency. And I'm just happy you gave us any of it. It means a lot to us. And uh, we will see you next week on Monday. So until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye. All that and more. (laughs) All that and less, let's take some away. (laughs) 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 It's like you want you want this? No, screw you. You only get seventy-five percent. I'm taking twenty-five back.